Welcome to I Want to Know Everything, a podcast for the people, by the people. As I've gotten older, I've realized two things. Number one, life is hard. Being an adult is tough. And number two, I know absolutely nothing. But I really feel like it doesn't have to be this way. We've built such an amazing community together, and I figured that had to be for something, right? I am going to be bringing followers on so that they can discuss things that they know about with the hope that their knowledge reaches the right people and helps them in some way. So, unclench your jaw, relax your shoulders, take a deep breath, and take five big sips of water. Just do it. It's time to enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Today, we have an amazing guest, an amazing follower. I'm so thankful that she's taking time out of her day to guide us and teach us. I know we have quite a few listeners in Canada, so this is really, really neat. Her name is Courtney Jansetic, and she is a real estate agent, and she's going to give us tidbits and pointers today, and I know that what she has to say is going to help a lot of people. So, Courtney, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure. Oh, my gosh. I feel the same way. Thank you so much for taking time. Um, It's so funny, Courtney, because... When I say that I don't know anything, I'm really, it's not false modesty. I don't know (laughs) anything and especially not about real estate. And it's something that it it like makes me really mad, like at myself because I don't know anything. And it's such a big deal of the world of everywhere, regardless of what country you live in. And I'm like in my thirties and I, I truly, I don't, I don't know anything about it. And so this is really neat. And it's also something that I'm so very clueless about. I didn't tell you this, but uh, my best friend, I was like, yeah, I have this awesome follower coming in. She works in real estate in Canada. And I'm so uneducated about real estate that it was hard for me to come up with questions because I don't know anything and I want to know everything. And it's just like perfect timing because of um, the new policy of Canada banning foreigners from buying real estate. She yeah. sent me the article and of course there's all kinds of nuances to it, but just the timing I thought was perfect. And I think it's going to be really neat to, to hear from you, your thoughts since you're experiencing it firsthand. So I'm super, super excited to talk to you about it. I'm excited too. And real estate is something really important to know about because it's a big deal for everybody. So whether you're renting or buying or selling, it impacts your life. So the more you know, uh, the more equipped you are to make better decisions for you and your family, whether that be a dog uh, like <laughs> me. Um, but it's important to know. And and yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. There's a lot of good questions about first time home buyers as well. So um, that'll be good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you sent in questions, followers, thank you so much for doing that, for engaging in this. I really do appreciate it. And it really just enhances this experience for everybody because you're thinking of things that I I can't think of. So thank you. So let's get started, Courtney. How long have you been in this profession? I'm in my third year of real estate, which is very exciting because uh, they say that over 90% of agents don't make it past year two. So woohoo, we're thriving. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. What 
what do you think the reason is for most agents not making it past year two? Well, I think a lot of people go into it thinking it's like an easy way to make a lot of money. Uh, and that's just not necessarily the case. You have to, you're a small business owner essentially. So you have to um, have that aspect going. It's very expensive to start. So you need to have uh, quite a bit of savings or uh, it, it'll be really, really tough. So I think those are the two major reasons. But of course, there's nuance, different different reasons for different people. So I will tell you, while I don't really know anything, I do know that real estate is not... <laughs> Nobody needs to just go into real estate being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a lot of money really quick. Like, no, it takes forever to build up your clientele, your portfolio, you know, referral business. So if anybody's yeah. under the impression that that's going to be quick money, um, <laughs> I will tell you that that is not correct. <laughs> so, it's very incorrect. <laughs> yeah, that is something yeah. that you are hustling. I have worked my entire adult life in sales and commission and um, it wasn't in real estate. It was in a showroom. But even then, I was building up my, you know, my customer base and referrals and repeat customers. So um, I'm and I worked with a lot of real estate agents. So and they were hustling. The good ones were hustling for sure. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk about this thing that is this question that my friend made me aware of. <laughs> Thank God for her, <laughs> because it's perfect, perfect timing to have you on. So the question is, how do you feel about the new policy of Canada banning foreigners from buying real estate? And listeners, I'm going to, according to an article that I read, I'm going to clarify a few things. And then I want Courtney to um, clarify anything that I may have said that was incorrect. So for listeners, this policy does exclude immigrants, workers on temporary visas, refugees, some international students on properties valued at less than 500,000 Canadian dollars or in areas with a population of less than 10,000. This would include many resorts and vacation areas. So, Ms. Courtney, I will let you have the floor because I'm really, really very interested in this. So, we need policies in Canada to ensure that housing is affordable for everybody. And at this point, there really haven't been. Um, so the how I feel about this particular policy is, to sum it up, is conflicted. Because the policy, first of all, won't impact everyone in Canada equally. In particular, Vancouver and Toronto have a lot of foreign investment. Um, so they see this kind of being an issue and driving up prices of real estate more so than they do in Calgary. So I'm an expert in Calgary. So I think that those particular areas will be impacted more so than other places in Canada. Um, that being said, we won't really see how this impacts the housing market long term. Um, my initial take, though, is that it's a it feels a little bit like putting lipstick on a pig. I don't know <laughs> long-term how uh, valuable this is going to be. There seems to be a lot of loopholes. Um, and again, every market in Canada is so different. Like Toronto is very different than Vancouver is very different than Calgary is very different than Edmonton and so on. Um, and so this one rule it, of course, won't impact them all the same. 
So that that's kind of how, how I feel about it. But again, we won't know until we see it play out. I, I will say I'm glad that we're doing something uh, that is better than doing nothing. But it does feel a little, okay. Yeah, and... So I have a question and uh, listeners, I told her something you'll notice during this podcast is that I send people questions, but other questions naturally occur as we're having this conversation. So I have this question for you that I did not send you, Courtney. I had these customers one time who live where I live and they had a second home in Canada and they were wonderful people and they were talking about how hard it is to... um, buy real estate there in general and really to get citizenship is that anything that you could speak on totally okay if you can't um i i can't because i'm not i'm not an expert in immigration okay um and i would say that that's more to do with that i believe that it's always been challenged i think in general when you're buying a home in a country that you don't live in it's not the easiest process i'll i'll say that i can't even imagine trying to take that on if you're listening like i the thought makes me like makes me itch (laughs) i cannot even imagine how how stressful that would be it's probably not that big of a deal but it would be a big deal for me just nobody asked i'm just saying it, 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 I think it is a pretty big deal and it's not overly common. Like, I don't think I could stroll in to, you know, Hawaii and purchase a property with great ease as a Canadian citizen. Right. And nor should I really. Right. So you, you, it's, it's important to be able to protect the people who actually need housing, not just like a second property or third property, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get into it. What steps or certifications are needed to sell real estate in Calgary? So in Calgary, we do need to go through a licensing process. Uh, it's huh, It has changed recently, so it is does operate a little bit differently now. The same um, organization doesn't run the course. But what happens is you take uh, fundamentals of real estate in Alberta, And then after you finish, you pass your test in fundamentals of real estate, you pick one to to major in. So you can pick residential, which is what I've done, property management, which is helping uh, with leases and things like that, Uh, commercial, and then agriculture. So like selling a business, like a farm kind of thing. Um, Yes. So I... One day we'll have all of them. I'm currently only in residential and I want to master that because I'll always work in residential. That's where my heart is. I love it so much. Um, I mostly just want to learn about the other ones to to become a master in my craft. So, um, but first there's things within each of those buckets um, that you that you can get extra certification on. So for instance, I'm a certified condo specialist. Um, mm. That's really important to me because I work with a lot of people buying condos. Uh, I'll also um, want to become a specialist in seniors and helping seniors find homes. So there's there's different there's different courses and you want to become an expert in your field. So that's how you get licensed. Um, but of course, this is varies state by state and province by province. But at the end of the day, it boils down to there's four levels. There's an associate or real estate agents or 
or in Canada Realtor, which is trademarked, although it's not trademarked in the US. So someone can have a residential license in Canada, but not be a realtor because they aren't a member of the, let's call it a club, but you have to pay essentially. Oh. Um, yes. Associate broker it indicates like a level of experience. That's another level of licensing. Um, and that means your management at a brokerage. Uh, a broker is the next level up from that. And there's one broker per brokerage and the rest are associate brokers. You can't have two brokers at a brokerage. There's one person in charge and then the rest would be associates and then the brokerage itself. Oh, but yeah. So I, that's it in a nutshell. Um, although the nutshell was a long time to explain. No, I love it. That's <laughs> what we're here. That's what we're here learning for. about. Yeah. yeah. You know, you... I will say the whole brokering thing um, at one point in my life actually did a- appeal to me. Just fun fact about me for uh, commercial real estate. You would be I'm actually it wouldn't shock me like you would be a really good agent, I think. And I say this with so much um, love because it's true about myself. So it may sound negative, but it's not. I, you don't strike me as someone who's a wonderful employee, which means you'd probably make a really <laughs> kick-ass real estate agent. <laughs> that is hysterical. I love that. Thank you, everybody. For the, rewind for the right it. reasons, of course. Yeah, no, rewind it and listen to what she just said. And don't ever forget she said that. I'm obsessed. I love it. Um. That is so funny because I am, uh, when it comes to performance, an amazing employee. Yes. You know what I mean? And um, I never miss a day. My clients love me. All this I always produce. Yes. But that doesn't make a good employee. No, I know. You're so (laughs) right. It's not enough, Courtney. Got to be okay with um, taking certain treatment. And it's something that I will never be okay with, which is... um, that's just something fun about me. A fun little fact, y'all. I, it, you, you have to be okay with the bullshit. Yeah. That's and exactly I'm, right. Thank you so much for saying it because I didn't want to, but. Oh, I'm, yeah. Sorry. Am I yeah. not allowed to say? No, no, you can. Yeah. No, of course. Okay. It's just, I thank you for saying it. I, I wanted somebody else to say it. So <laughs> that's absolutely correct. Um, it's like you have to be okay with being a yes person and a doormat and be okay with being bullied. And I just. And playing the game, and I just don't want to. So thank you so much. I feel so seen right now. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm not good at the game. No interest in getting better at it either, to be honest. Oh, God, y'all. Man, we are (laughs) preaching today. Oh, this is beautiful. That's absolutely right. And that is why if I work for somebody else, I will always be mediocre because I will never advance because I don't (laughs) want to go to happy hours after work. No, 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 no. No. Yeah, no. Wow, this is beautiful. I love this moment. Okay, good. <laughs> so real. Um, what would you say that your favorite part of your job is? So to it's kind of related to what we were just talking about. Right. <laughs> love it. No, I love the flexibility. I I love like and I don't just mean um to it's not to take time off necessarily. I'm in the building stages of my business. Like my partner and I sat down in December and we're both like, okay, well the next year and a half at least is just business. So it was nice knowing you. Uh, I'll see you in a year and a half. 
kind of as a joke, but I love the flexibility of it because I can decide how much I work, how long I work, that kind of thing to a certain extent, of course. Um, I love the agency that I have. I can make decisions for my business, for my clients that I know are actually good for them. I don't have to deal with nonsense. Uh, I'm a pretty no nonsense person. I don't have a lot of patience, so I don't need to in this role. Um, and then I love helping people in a tangible way. And I like the feeling of like making someone cry, but like happy cry, you know, <laughs> yes. is just the best in the world. I help someone um, find this always sticks out to me. I helped someone find a home and we, we met in person, we saw a bunch, um, but they had to um, make a decision on a home they hadn't seen while they were back in the province that they lived in. And like basically trusted me to buy a home on a virtual tour. Oh, wow. Um, and she like showed up and she just started sobbing, but happy crying. She's like, it's my dream house. That feeling was the absolute best. Oh, just I the- bet. And I mean, just it's so touching that somebody has that, that much faith in you that they yeah. would allow you to do that, that they trust your judgment and your expertise so much. So I really understand that. Yeah, it's awesome. What would you say your least favorite part of your job is? So I'm a Pisces. Okay. I am a very, I lead with kindness 10 out of 10 times, but I do not. Some people mistake my kindness for weakness Mm -hmm. and in real estate, the issue is, is that it's not about me. It's about my client. I have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that they're getting the best situation for them. And so when I'm dealing with someone who is unkind or believes that my kindness is weakness, we have to invoke fuck around and find out. And I do not like helping people find out. Okay. (laughs) I would rather things be nice. It's easier to just be kind to people. So when I see the name Brent on the other end, I get a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. So I don't like that. It's not pleasant, but I mean, I'll do it. So it's when an agent is uh, messing with me or taking advantage of my kindness or trying to make the transaction difficult, it really has nothing to do with me. They're trying to take advantage of my client. So beyond the fact that it's yeah irritating to me on a human level, Um, I actually have like a responsibility to my client to make sure that they are not taken advantage of. So it's like a combination of, oh, no, sir, you did not just speak to me that way. And, uh, oh, no, sir, you are not going to take my client for a fool. So it's like a, it's like a combination Oh, I totally understand that. Yeah. And then another thing about me is that like, I would rather somebody try to mess with me than with somebody else, like, especially my client. I, yeah, I yeah. would be so overprotective of that person and be like, Oh, no, no, this is not how it's going down. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not doing this. So I can Yeah, good for you. I mean, it's basically your job to be an advocate for your client. And I'm sure that you do a great job at it. Totally. Is there a website that is helpful for home buyers in Calgary, Alberta? So, yes. Um, in Canada, across Canada, uh, realtor.ca is the best website you can go to. It's actually owned by every realtor in Canada as well. So, it is fantastic. Um, realtor.com in the States is actually not owned by realtors. So, there are a few differences there. 
But oh, that's great to know. Mm-hmm. But provincially, I would or provincially and state, I'd look up any local regulations. Um, and more than that, the best way to I hate that it's so like hurtful because if you've been following me for a while, look, I'm a fire sign, I'm triple fire, <laughs> and um me and my friend actually my best friend is a Pisces and it's so funny because I'm always telling her I'm like being a fire sign like triple fire it's almost like an affliction I swear to you because it's like when people try to take advantage of me or bully me I really like the genuine rage that's inside of me I don't know that it's normal I have to tell you, like, I don't know that it's normal and, um, like everything's good until it's not, you know? And I feel like I really, one of my trigger points, not just with me, but anybody else is people, um, who take advantage. It's like you give an inch that just out of the kindness of your heart, and then they try to take a mile and milk you for everything that you're worth. And that is a major trigger point for me. So I'm sure that that's something that comes across, just in sales in general, like I said, my background is sales and um, that happened all the time. And it genuinely made me so angry. It makes me angry too. But the thing is, is that it's not even a, it's annoying in my personal life when I have to use it, which is not very often Mm -hmm. because I like have built a nice personal life, but it's impossible. Like it's, it's, it's so much worse in this situation because we're talking about when someone's trying to take advantage of me, they're trying to take advantage of my client. And so uh, find a good resource is to do an interview with a good agent. So find a great agent, maybe interview several of them and figure out which one is the best fit for you because they'll point you to the local um, websites that are helpful. They'll provide actual paperwork that explains the process. They, in Alberta, we actually legally have to, uh, provide paperwork to our home buyers and home sellers explaining different agent relationships. So by interviewing real estate agents, you'll, or brokerages, even you'll be able to find a great agent who will ensure you have access to all of those resources. If you could, what is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self when you were just starting out in this profession? Well, in this profession, I I wish I would have told my younger self like 10 years ago to just do this right off the hop instead of like messing around with what I was doing. (laughs) Um, So that would be advice I'd give to like my 18 year old self is just begin then. Um, But I would also say save up for six months very smart very sound advice and Courtney what being a real estate agent something that you had been thinking about for years or was it kind of something that you stumbled upon and decided to go for it no it's been on the it's it's been in the back of my mind for a long time it just felt like something that I couldn't do I've always loved homes and like I love interior design I've taken interior design courses even so I that's also helpful when I'm showing homes. Um, but no, it's 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 always been something I'm interested in and I've been passionate about. Um, and yeah, the pandemic actually, I think that I had to, it was a bad situation, of course, but I looked at it as, okay, it's shitty right now. What am I going to do to make sure my life is better after this? Um, 
is over. So. I get that. Yeah, no, the pandemic, I mean, as we all know, I think it's been a constant conversation really changed how people looked at life and it made them take inventory of their life and the kind of life they were living and what they wanted to live. And it changed a lot of people's lives for sure. I agree. I totally agree. So you say to save up to six months of Mm -hmm. income. And another question that's coming to me is if you're comfortable where you practice real estate, what is the payoff? Like what is the percentage of commission that a real estate agent makes after they make a sale? It depends and it's negotiated. So I will say that Um, in Alberta, what's the most common is paying the, what happens is the person selling negotiates how much they're going to pay the buyer's agent and the seller's agent. So technically the transaction pays both agents. Mm. Um, so the seller is the one that decides those percentages. The most common in Alberta is three and a half on the first 100,000 and 1.5% on the remainder. Um, and that isn't the case even across Canada. Like I know some places are 2% is what the, the fee is. So yeah, it's, it's, it's different. And then when you're, it's also different. Like I'm helping somebody right now, sell their home, buy a home and then their mom buy a home. So that commission to me for selling the home that they're paying me is a little bit lower because I'm helping them with a bunch of transactions. So a bunch of stuff goes into it. Okay, good. I'm so glad I asked that. That's such, see the nuances to the answer. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed. It's so amazing and how it varies by province. I will say too, for the most part, um, the buyer's agents, again, they're paid by the seller. So if you are a first time home buyer, um, it's less, I don't want to say it's less important, but that's already paid for. So definitely use an agent. Very rarely if you don't use an agent, are you going to save money because you don't have to pay the other agent commission? Um, Like in Alberta, for instance, it's legal to double end deals. So if you don't use a buyer's agent and you just go with the selling agent, um, that seller's agent just gets both commissions and they legally have a responsibility to the seller, not to the buyer. So you're probably actually going to end up overpaying or not with the best terms Um, or not maybe making the best decision for yourself. So always use an agent. There's nothing more expensive than being cheap. (laughs) Oh, I bet. Yeah, no, there's no way that I would ever try to sell a home by myself. No way. Okay, another question, because that just came to me. Is 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 there a certain amount of time, like I have heard that here in the United States that once you have a real estate agent, you are bound to that one agent for a certain amount of time. Is that the case in Canada as well, contractually? Or can people just kind of, you know, bounce around however they would like between agents? Um, so you can bounce around between agents. I don't advise it because, well, a few things. You want to find an agent and then over time, of course, you build trust with somebody. Um, so that's one reason. And it's really probably the most important one um but two uh, it's just a little it's just a little icky uh to bounce around between agents uh before signing the contract like do your interviews and things like that but I wouldn't take anyone for a ride quote unquote if that makes any sense like don't have three agents on the go and then call them whichever one based on your mood that's that's 
I mean, you're asking someone to work for free, essentially. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I think that that sounds very shady, but I yes. do absolutely know people <laughs> that would, do who would be down to do that. Yeah, it's not, it's a, it's not nice. Um, but then, yes, there are terms on the contract that say how long you want an agent for or like how long you have to work with this agent. That being said, you can fire an agent at any time. So that's those terms. I don't want to say they're unimportant because they are. Um, but you do have control if you're not enjoying your trans like your your transaction or dealing with that agent. It's a pretty big financial decision no matter what the situation buying and selling real estate so if you don't like working with the person you can get out of it you don't have to don't feel trapped you want to feel comfortable with the decision that you're making um and also the terms you kind of want them to be a little bit longer because say it takes you a month and a half to find a house and then you might have to negotiate a longer possession of 60 or 90 days and you want your agent to be your agent throughout that whole period so i usually do at least six months what are some key questions that first-time home buyers need to be asking and what is the process of buying a home so the first step in the process of buying a home is to meet with a mortgage professional uh, i recommend meeting with a few um i mean meet with a bank meet with a mortgage broker and then when you do go into if you do go into a bank to meet with somebody make sure you ask for someone who is specifically with dealing with mortgages so that's the first step because that allows you to figure out your affordability that kind of thing um and after you get your pre-approval you feel a lot more powerful too you know what you can afford it's less scary it's less daunting and then the next step would be to hire an agent who can shepherd you through the process i'm not a salesperson like i i'm salesy in the way of like pick me to be your realtor i'm fabulous but i'm not a salesperson like <laughs> buy this house i don't want you to just walk in and buy the first thing that you see i feel like half of my job is talking people out of <laughs> certain houses that don't actually work for them because i actually want people to end up where in a, in a good solid place for them so uh, yes anyways that's that's a little, I went off track there. No, but. no, I love that. I totally and completely relate. Yeah, I I think that's why I was so good at sales because people could realize that I wasn't just trying to make a buck. Like totally. there were so many times that I talked people out of buying expensive things that would have made me a fat commission. But I was like, this is expensive, but it's actually not a good quality. Yeah. And I really need you to get with something that's going to last you. And this is my knowledge. And so, yeah, no, I talked myself probably out of thousands upon thousands of dollars <laughs> when I was in sales, because I knew that something was going to be problematic, even though it had a, a higher price tag and people that instantly built trust. And I'm can, if somebody was talking out of buying a home that I knew was expensive, if I would be like, Oh, wow, they must really know something. And they're sacrificing their own, you know, like, they're wanting me to be happy, even if it means them not making as much money, because that would for me, instantly build trust with a real estate agent for sure. Totally. Well, and I think that beyond that, it's a long term, I'm building a long term business based on referrals, word of mouth and like repeat clients. So I, uh, it's really short term, sure, I'd make a few thousand dollars more, perhaps. But long term, it'd be disastrous for my business, because people will see through that kind of stuff. Um, but you want to interview an agent and make sure that they, you know, 
feel similarly and you can tell when someone's trying to take you for a ride oh absolutely yeah, yeah. folks if you're in sales and you're lying like you're bsing somebody and you think they know. That you're smarter yeah people know <laughs> i used to write about that on this account whenever i was in sales yeah. and i would be like people know whenever you're bsing them and you don't know what you're talking about or you're just trying to make a sale like people are not dumb and um they're more in tune than you think so if you think you're successfully taking anybody for a ride you're not i promise you totally um but then after that, you want to start looking at houses or if you're selling, you get your photos done, uh, get the mark, your agent gets the marketing set up and they should be, I mean, your agent should be doing a lot of that work for you. What you need to worry about is packing boxes and uh, yeah, if you've picked a, an agent that's looking after your best interests, they'll kind of take care of the rest. Um, yeah, like home inspections, condo doc review um, and follow the directions from there because every transaction is a little different of course yeah that's the process <laughs> yeah no absolutely it's a process for sure what are the biggest and most common mistakes you see first time home buyers making the biggest one is going to the maximum of your budget so do not buy the most expensive house that the bank says you can afford. So what you need to pay attention to is that you're living in your monthly or bi-weekly payment. You're not living in the price of the home. So what happens is if you go to the top of your budget, then all of a sudden your monthly payments are so much so that you can't do anything fun, like go out to dinner or I don't, I don't know, like maybe you're living on boxed wine and you can't afford Whispering Angel every once in a while, you know, like real tragic stuff. <laughs> right, right. It's the way the joy in life. Don't do it. If you're in a relationship and you do it, then what you do is you end up fighting about money. And there are so many better things in the world to fight about. Like, would you rather be sitting with your partner on a Friday night arguing over, do we want thin crust pizza or thick crust pizza? Or do you want to be having an argument about the fact that you can't order any because you're so house poor? So that is the biggest mistake. Don't go to the max of your budget. You want to be able to live a nice life. Yeah. I am obsessed that even though you're in a different country than me, that house poor is still a term that's used in Canada. Oh, yes, for sure. I love that. And I love the verbiage of you're living in the payment, not the price. That's such a simple way because I think people get caught up in that bottom line yes. and you're living in the payment. I love that. Also, I mean, another thing you get caught up in like the negotiation process. So if you're negotiating and haggling over and it's your dream home over like, or dream apartment, whatever, over like $5,000 and that amounts to like $5 a month, like let it go, let your ego go. It can handle it. You know, right. you're, you're going to be fine because you're going to be happier in this house. So yes, that's what I love the, you're living in the payment, not the price. Pay attention to the payment. Yeah. Is there a standard down payment percentage when buying a home in Calgary? Um, no. So there's a minimum of 5% in Canada. Um, anything with under 20% down, you do need to have insurance on, um, and the best thing to do is to talk to a mortgage professional because the more experienced mortgage person will, they'll, they'll make sure that you're finding the best deal for you. 
the it might not be like maybe you have 20% to put down um but they might actually you might have actually only putting 10% or 15% down so that you do have like savings or that kind of thing so i there's not a standard and what's right for person a is not going to be right for person b so a question that just came to me is mm-hmm. obviously part of this job and really anything in sales or really business, it's not even sales, is building up your network of other people in this business. So do you have mortgage people that yes. you refer to or that you trust? That way you can say, look, I can vouch for this person. I vetted this person. I would highly suggest them. Or do you just really try to stick to your own business and you know handling that? No, because um, in order to make it as easy as I can for my clients, I need to be able to provide them with resources. Like most people walking around don't have like three mortgage brokers that they know are great to refer to, right? Right. So um, I I do. And in Alberta, you actually need to refer to three. That's why I mentioned three um, legally. So oh. I have lawyers and mortgage brokers and home inspectors and condo doc reviewers and beyond that even after you take possession like a great painter all that kind of stuff and so yes having those contacts is super important um and yeah i i i take that kind of stuff really seriously because they're also a reflection of my business and i want to make everyone's whole experience as easy as possible i love that selfishly it's nice to have like a lawyer to call and be like hi there my client wants to do this is this legal (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And for the lawyer to go, well, it's legal, but you shouldn't do it. And here's why. And that makes me more of an expert to that client as well. I love that. And I hope that they are sending you referrals also. They, yes. (laughs) I love that. No, great. I'm all about that. I love that so much. Yeah. A question that a follower asked was, have you ever had to mediate when a couple couldn't agree on their home choice? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Those moments were so awkward for me. Do you know that meme of Homer Simpson whenever he just like sinks into the bushes? Have you seen that? Yeah. That would be me. I'd be like, I'm going to leave y'all alone for sometimes that is the correct decision I'll even say like I'm just gonna leave you guys I'll I'll be up front whatever (laughs) you want because it's a major decision like you're not gonna agree on everything I sometimes I don't even agree with myself on my own decisions right like it's it's a lot I um and if I know them really like I was in the car with a couple um and they're they're looking at getting an investment property and they were kind of arguing about a few things (laughs) and um they even said Cordy's here where it's being it's weird now and I was like that's all right we've had a domestic so you know (laughs) like I you have to be good humored about it to a certain extent because that adds levity to the for the couple um and I also had my um one of my mentors tell me that they if, if it gets really bad like he's had people just shouting at each other in the back seat just pull into the liquor store go in buy a nice bottle of wine when you come out don't worry they'll still be shouting at each other and then interrupt them and hand it to them and say you guys need to go home and open up a bottle like over a bottle of wine tonight sit down and, and talk this out I would say that's very common if if I'm helping a couple buy a home and I haven't had like a couple argue then, then something's like a little weird, like, or they're not okay, you know? Yeah. Or maybe they're too okay. It's scary. No, I know. It's almost (laughs) like 
working in sales whenever you work in the public I swear to you it's like a like a sociological study I swear like <laughs> the things that because I mean really whenever you're doing something as intimately as helping somebody with their home like you really get an inside look and it's almost shocking like what they reveal or like how they feel comfortable to fight in front of people but I mean I get yeah. it I that would I'm saying that, but that would probably be me if I had a partner and I would be like, no, we're not buying this house. No, <laughs> no we're I, not. I'm I, telling you, we're not buying this house. I joke to one of my clients recently. I, well, I joke all the time. I say like, I'm a part-time therapist and she actually believed me. I was like, no, no, I'm like a full-time realtor. That's just a joke. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like people who cut hair or like hairstylists, like they're yes. a part-time therapist. Like the things that they hear. Oh my gosh. Totally. So somebody uh, submitted another question that says Calgary is a roller coaster. What is it like to deal with the constant ups and downs of the economy? Oh, this is such a good question and an interesting one because it's oil and gas and boom and bust. Although I will say that Calgary's economy and I mean, Alberta's economy has diversified quite a bit in the last decade. And I can see it continuing to diversify in the next decade. Um, so I think the ups are going to be less up and the downs will certainly be less down. Um, luckily, I work in real estate, which is more of like a long term investment. So it's less of a problem investment wise and like economy wise, just because if you're a good agent in a good market, you're a good agent in a shitty market. I had an agent say because I'm a pandemic baby is what I call myself. Uh, an agent say to me, if you listen, if you make it through this, you're good to go. I was like, okay, great. Cause I've made it through. Oh my <laughs> God. A tough market to start in. Blessings but, to you. So happy for you that you totally. survived that. But it's the same in real estate. If you are looking to flip something in three years, like, yeah, that's risky. You don't know if, it, if the market is going to ebb and flow up or down within that three years. But if you're holding on to something for like 15, 25 years, yeah, it's going to go up. So it's less uh, constant up and downs, if that makes any sense. Less roller coaster-y. Are there any weird issues or rules when buying? Um, there aren't weird rules. It's all, like, all the rules are typically the same. Like, the process is the same. But there's definitely weird issues that come up all the time. It's case by case. And by and large... Um, it's anomaly, like any anomaly in the process is caused by humans. So, right. yeah, that's, but there's no specific rules that I would say are specifically weird, weird for everybody. It's, it's yes. like case by case. The human error. There's nothing more fun than like needing an official document and it having a typo or something and having to go through the process of getting it fixed. Oh, Totally. Yeah, I love it. So much fun. So much fun and totally how I want to spend my time. Oh, yes. A hoot. Indeed. <laughs> There's nothing more fun than that. Nothing else I'd rather be doing. So this was a really good question. It was a very mm -hmm. basic question. And I'm mad at myself for not thinking about it because I actually I was so fixated on asking official questions that I sometimes the basic questions are the best. And yeah. as as women, people who identify as women, there we there's a certain amount of privilege that is lost with us. And one thing is worrying about having to be safe whenever showing a house. So somebody asked, how do you safely navigate showing homes as a woman by yourself? So I'll just say, yeah, like sometimes it's scary. <laughs> God, there's, there's, I bet. There's no doubt. Um, I, 
first, the course that I, I took and I would imagine is a part of most, if not all real estate courses does include a part about safety, like a whole section. Um, so that, that was kind of nice and, and that helps you learn a few things. Um, one of the most important things to do is be able to learn to walk a home. So if you're with clients, like there's certain situations where, you know, you, if you've just met them, especially you let them go into the basement first, you need to make sure that you as the agent mm. are protected and that you have an exit and you're, they're not blocking you in. Uh, oh my so, God. The fact that we even have to think about that, Courtney. Totally. It's wild. It's fucking wild. But like, oh my God. if you want me to complain about the patriarchy, that's a podcast for another day. Oh God. Um, yes. Um, but so that's one thing having a call person. So it, I, I have a partner who I usually use, but um, having other agents that you can call so that if you are, I don't know, by yourself and you have like a weird feeling that you're on the phone with somebody so that if something does happen, they know where you are um, so that at least you can get help very quickly. Um, so that's really important as well. And then there are like safety features um, that we, we have. So when you open up a, a key box, you have 90 seconds to mark yourself safe. And if you don't, then they call the brokerage and the brokerage calls the police. So there, oh, there are, wow. yeah, I but, love that. Yeah. And that's optional, but there, there's a bunch of stuff like that um, set up. So, so I, I, I feel comfortable doing it, but yeah, it is a little scary sometimes like at an open house, if someone's being rude, it's okay to it's like, it, and it's a little scary. Like you can leave like your safety is more important Absolutely. or you can ask someone to leave as well. Are you because, diligent yeah. about um, whenever you have a showing, making sure that somebody knows the exact address, who you're meeting with, the client's name, things like that? Um, yes. If it's like the first time meeting somebody this afternoon, I'm uh, meeting with clients that I've, I've worked with before. So no, like he just knows I'm going to meet. Okay. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No, I trust you. You've been doing this a while, but yeah, just the, yeah. the safety factor is something that I, I do absolutely think about. Um, I feel at least where I live that female real estate agents are more common than male. Oh, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Which, yeah, I feel like every time I see a sign, it's um, a, a woman's name. So, but, I, and I, that's something that I think about. That's something that people who identify as women have to, to think about. It's just, a privilege that we are, we don't have to just be like, Oh yeah, let me just go show this house. And I'm not really worried about it. And I mean, you know, we have to think about different things. So I'm so happy that that's a course that is included in your education. That's really very important. Super important. Somebody asked, how do realtors plan their income since it's commission-based and highly dependent on the economy and it fluctuates from year to year? So the first thing you want to do is have at least six months of living expenses so that if you go a few months without selling a place um, or if you have a bunch of longer closes that you can afford to feed yourself, <laughs> that's yes. important. Um, so that would be the main thing. I would say if you're a single household, maybe make that eight months um, because one thing that does change is if you have a partner and I, I don't, want, I don't want it to come out like, 
oh, I'm like the trophy wife. My partner pays my way because that is not the case. Uh, we're pretty 50-50 household and we're a team. But it is really helpful to have a supportive partner. Like if you're in a relationship, you need your partner to be all in on your real estate career. If they're not, it's going to be real, real trouble. Um, and if you do have a partner, it's what you see a lot is like someone with like a really stable like government job or a really, yeah, a good paying job with a realtor and that your expenses are around one person's salary as opposed to both of you. So I don't know, there's some months where I contribute a lot more than my partner does. And there are other months where I contribute a lot less than my partner does. Um, but it's about having that conversation. And then, yeah, if you're single, you need to make sure like that you have a, more than the six months that like I, I, I do six months. It, I would do a little bit more just so that you feel comfortable because what you don't want to do is, I don't know, be eating ramen one month and then the next month eating a filet mignon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the ebb and flow of sales of commission. Yeah, yeah. it's truly feast or famine. And Oh, oh, those were the good days. Those were the good days. <laughs> so don't feast uh, and prepare for famine. And right. then when you're in famine, you won't be in famine. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's the best advice. And then when you have that six months, you feel a little bit more comfortable if things aren't going you, your way for a month or something like that. You're like, it'll be fine. I want to say this one thing, because I know you worked at a commission job. Yeah. A lot of people don't like commission. And like, I know realtors have this bad rep and I think it's somewhat deserved to be honest <laughs> of, <laughs> of um, I don't know, like when you pay someone commission, it just feel like there's a, a impression that it's gross. But I just want to say that I believe commission is one of the most honest ways someone can make a living. You're literally only paying someone to do something if it works out for you. Like, absolutely uh, oh my god yes imagine only having to pay your i don't know phone bill every time you received good service consistently and the internet never dropped but right. that, that would be nice it doesn't work that way though but it does in real estate and so commission just gets such a commission sales just gets such a bad rep i used to work for expedia and so hotels used to hate paying us commission i'm like you literally only pay us when we do something right like when we right pay. like you're welcome that i yeah. like <laughs> yeah. sent you customers you're yeah. so welcome that you're gonna get a bonus this year totally. like, yeah yeah i Unrelated, and, but i just you know it's kind of all ties into this no and also i'm so happy that i worked in that field because it has made me hyper aware like whenever i go anywhere I always ask them like, Hey, do you make commission? Cause I, I need to make sure that if I buy this online or if I come back, like I need them to know that you helped me because you did such a great job and I need you to get rewarded. And totally. I feel like if you haven't worked in commission, maybe it's just not something just because you don't think about it, not because you're a bad person. It's just not totally. in front of your mind. So it has made me be very hypersensitive to make sure that people get their recognition and the points that they deserve because a good salesperson that takes care of you from beginning to end. And then even aftercare after, after the um, purchase or transaction is made is really important and they, they deserve it. I completely believe they deserve it. Absolutely. Um, somebody says, what tips do you have for first time home buyers? Are there any special programs that apply to them that can benefit them financially? Like I know in the United States that there's, you know, some kind of, I believe, I think I've heard of, um, you know, just resources or maybe discounts yep. or, something to help people who have never purchased real estate before. 
Yes. So it is, I don't, I can't speak to the U.S. I know in Canada, there's, um, if you have RSPs, you can withdraw them. There's like a first time home buyer benefit. Um, I'd also recommend checking your tax write-offs for um, for the year that you buy the house because you can do things like write-off moving uh, in certain situations. But the best thing to do would be like check your local government's websites. And so I'm sorry, I know that's not like the greatest answer, but it's it's the most accurate one I can. No, that's okay. What's important is that we know that there are benefits out there. That's perfect. Yes. Absolutely. So is, is there any... Is there anything that I haven't asked you today that you want people to know about this profession or the home buying process in Calgary? Hmm. This is such a good question. I I didn't answer it. I you did provide it to me in advance and I didn't answer it because I was like, well, it's going to be a conversation and mm-hmm. stuff will come out. I I think you you've asked everything and as high level as we can get it I think we've gotten it Um, I just want to emphasize like find a local agent make sure they actually give a shit and ask a lot of questions any question that comes up is not dumb and if you're treated like it's dumb then you need to find a new agent that is as simple as it can be Um, so that would be one thing if you're looking for an agent and you need help, I'd be happy to help. Or if you have any just random questions about real estate, you can slide into my DMS. If they have one takeaway from this conversation, what would you want it to be? Don't be discouraged. It's fucking worth it. Yes. That's it for that. I love that. So, Courtney, this is my favorite part of every episode. I want you to plug the hell out of yourself and tell everybody where they can find you. If you have a website, if you have um, an Instagram, I will include it in the show notes. But please tell everybody every single thing about yourself and promote yourself and your business. Okay, great. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Courtney Jansetic Real Estate really original I know um it's not just house stuff and I'm actually getting away from posting a bunch of real estate for sale sold boring things that people are less interested in um and it'll be it's a nice mixture of personal and business so follow me along there Uh, my website is homesbycourtney.ca and just about me, you know, if you're looking for an agent in Calgary, I have a passion for like the Real Housewives franchises, you know, Rose and dogs. So if those are your any interests, you know, at least we'd have that in common as a starting off point. Um, and uh, this podcast is so awesome. I love the whole premise behind it. So if you do need someone to come on and talk about, you know, housewives, I want to know everything about housewives. I'd be helpful. Just saying, <laughs> expert in that also, uh, or like my girl Meg and Harry, uh, I could talk about that for a while. You know, I want to know everything about my girl Meghan Markle. Yes. Um, love that woman. But that's uh, that would be the main thing. Oh, and I I'm really passionate. One thing that we haven't talked about is where I specifically am. I actually donate a part of every. Uh, one of my commissions to um, a like a women's shelters essentially 
Um, that's a big part of why I loved getting into real estate is because I could devote more time to giving back in that way. It's very important to me. Um, so yeah, if, if, if you, I love if that. Me, part of it goes there and I, I'll be uh, doing an event, um, for it's called shelter, but I'll be doing an event this year at some point. That's amazing and beautiful. And honestly, everybody, the whole point of my account and, my Substack and this podcast is to just connect. Like, don't be afraid to go follow her or anybody else that we have on, on the pod. Why am I saying we, it's just me, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, don't be afraid to go follow her. And Hey, look, if you're a real estate agent in the United States or anywhere else, follow her. She can be part of your network, you too. And then you could be in her network and then you can refer each other refer. whatever country you're in or whatever province. I mean, that's what this is about. The whole point is to, to grow this community. So get in each other's networks. Don't be afraid to slide in DMs and to follow people. I really, that's, that's the whole point. I want it to not just be about my connections with all of you, but your connections with each other. And Courtney, I'm so grateful for you. Before we leave, what's your favorite Housewives franchise? Oh my gosh, old school Real Housewives of New York. We can just pretend the last two seasons didn't happen. Oh, I know. We don't even realize how good we had it. Oh my God, the glory days. Yeah, so that's, you know, when I'm working, I like to have those ladies on in the background. Yeah. I support other women, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because I am a woman that supports other women, okay? <laughs> I love that. My dog gets run over because she's running into the street. Ugh. Oh my God, hysterical. I can't, I can't. Well, that is the perfect way to end this episode. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Courtney, thank you so much for being here. I'm so, so grateful for you. Woohoo, thanks for having me. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. I truly hope you learned something because I know I did. If you would like to know where you can find me, I am on Instagram at the Neighborhood Hype Girl. Come on over. We would love to have you. You can also find me on Substack. That's S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K. I am at the Neighborhood Hype Girl dot Substack. Com. That is my blog where I write about random topics. It's also where I publish my original short stories. I Want to Know Everything is written, edited, and hosted by me, the Neighborhood Hype Girl. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time.